Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Levin, our number 877 I'm going to start the program this evening with something a little different. We will get into what's happening in Ukraine, of course, in Iran, and how China's poised to attack Taiwan. But first, the lawlessness that is now enshrined in our court system. The lawlessness that is now enshrined in Congress. The lawlessness that is enshrined in the American Bar Association and the state bar associations. The war on Clarence and Ginny Thomas yet again. really as a diversion from Judge Jackson, who should never serve on the United States Supreme Court. Just appalling. I begin with a federal judge appointed by Bill Clinton in 1998 by the name of David Carter. He's in the Central District of California. And of course... He's on the left. Even though he served in the military, so be it. There are people on the left who've served in the military. We know this. And there'll be more of them by the time the critical race theoreticians are done, unfortunately. But I want to read something to you which should cause this judge to be suspended, if not disbarred. Federal judge says Trump, quote, likely, unquote, violated federal obstruction statute by Ron Blitzer. FoxNews.com, United States District Court Judge David Carter said in a Monday ruling 
today that former President Donald Trump likely committed federal offenses by attempting to prevent the counting of electoral votes during a joint session of Congress on January 6, 2021. Quote, based on the evidence, the court finds it more likely than not that President Trump corruptly attempted to obstruct the joint session of Congress on January 6, 2021, Carter said, claiming that the evidence suggests that Trump violated a federal statute dealing with corruptly obstructing, influencing, impeding an official proceeding or attempting to do so. Now, this judge has collected no evidence of any kind whatsoever. This judge hasn't been presented with grand jury information or prosecutorial motions or briefs or filings of any kind respecting President Trump. He is simply giving his uninformed, unsubstantiated opinion as an adjudicator of fact and an applier of law. And what he did here was an absolute disgrace. An absolute disgrace. But he knows he can get away with it because the California Bar Association is completely out of control and there's no such thing anymore as blind justice. Not anymore. No judge should make a comment like this. No judge. He has the potential for influencing investigators, the Department of Justice, grand jurors, should it come to that, and jurors, should it come to that. It is an outrageous statement that the Supreme Court should admonish this man for what he did. The California Supreme Court should on its own initiate an ethics investigation of this judge. And you will read that nowhere this evening in any of the news reports about how outrageously unethical this judge was in making that comment. Instead, you have blaring headlines, which the judge knew would be the result of what he wrote. Carter's determination. You see, it's a determination. A judge has made a determination on somebody's innocence or guilt, or at least has smeared them from the bench where he hopes to be immune. He had no factual or legal basis for making any determination. It was part of a ruling in the case of John Eastman, former law school dean at Chapman University, whose emails are being sought by the House Committee investigating the Capitol riot, why Carter recognized that a number of Eastman's emails are protected by privilege. One email that is not is subject to disclosure due to the exception to attorney-client privilege pertaining to communications involving the commission of a crime. So this leftist Clinton-appointed judge has gone way out on a limb, and it's okay by him. This ambiguous statute. Corruptly obstructing influence, repeating an official proceeding. So now, if you write legal memoranda that suggest a constitutional avenue for challenging the Electoral College, for challenging any aspect of the Constitution, I guess, 
you can, in fact, be accused of, of impeding, obstructing, influence, and official proceeding. Corruptly. 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 John Eastman didn't do anything that was corrupt. Nothing. I've known this man for decades. He is the highest level of integrity and ethics. And I know when I speak this way, I come under attack. Well, ladies and gentlemen, these are very ugly, grave times that we live in. And you have to stand up to the tyranny, whether it comes from a judge in a black robe, whether it comes from a rogue committee of Congress appointed by the Speaker of the House, or whether it comes to the media. You have got to stand up to this. John Eastman didn't do anything corruptly. Donald Trump didn't do anything corruptly. How do we know? Because we were all witness to history. We don't need it to be interpreted for us. What's happening corruptly now, not criminally, just politically in every other way, is this January 6th committee is trying to write a documentary, basically. They want to drag in as many Trump people as they can. And they have the full support of Liz Cheney. They have the full support of Adam Kingsinger, two head cases. Obviously, the full support of Pelosi on the way out of the Speaker's office. This is what they want to do, ladies and gentlemen. As they grease the skids for preposterous presidential runs by Cheney and Kingsinger to draw attention to themselves and draw attention to January 6th. Quote, President Trump attempted to obstruct an official proceeding by launching a pressure campaign to convince Vice President Pence to disrupt the joint session on January 6th, Carter wrote, pointing to Trump's attempt to persuade Pence to reject electoral votes or delay counting them. That's a crime? That's a crime? If true... That's not a crime. They're trying to influence the vice president of the United States to take a look at the electors, to take a look if there was corruption and fraud and so forth and so on. How is that a crime? The Constitution is completely silent on this subject. Silent. Then we have a statute. That's over 150 years old, or give or take, about 150 years old. That is very ambiguous and contradictory. There are legitimate questions about state legislatures agreeing to or not agreeing to electors. And any candidate, whether they're president or not, has a right to challenge it, has a right to use the political process to raise questions. The political process to raise questions. That's why the counting of electors isn't left to people like Judge Carter. It goes to the Congress to make a decision. The Congress, a political body. 
President Trump attempted to obstruct an official proceeding by launching a pressure campaign to convince the vice president. This sounds like those damn fools in Israel going after Netanyahu. Charging him with bribery because he sought positive press. As far as Trump satisfying the element of the statute that requires somebody to act corruptly, the article goes on, Carter pointed out that the court has made clear that the threshold for acting corruptly is lower than consciousness of wrongdoing, meaning a person does not need to know their actions are wrong to break the law. Listen to this. Nobody knows those actions break the law. There have been efforts to influence the counting in the past. So are members of Congress subject to prosecution too, ladies and gentlemen? Are members of Congress who object, are they subject to prosecution? Carter used the above reasoning to justify the disclosure of one document under the crime fraud exception. An email chair that was forwarded to Eastman that included a draft memo for Rudy Giuliani, who was acting as Trump's attorney. In challenging the 2020 election results, that memo, Carter said, recommended that Vice President Pence reject electors from contested states on January 6th. So, first of all, what this judge has now done by creating the, the image, the myth of a criminal act, you don't have to have mens rea, see, to commit a criminal act. It's a very, very low bar. What does he do? He has a draft memo. Attorney-client privilege, attorney work product, confidentiality. Revealed to the January 6th committee. Why? Because he agrees with the January 6th committee. Judge says the memo is both intimately related to and clearly advanced the plan to obstruct the joint session of Congress on January 6, 2021. But it wasn't obstructed. On January 6, 2021, the vice president made a different decision. And you call it obstruction when they're trying to influence and participate in a debate over whether or not those electors should be counted. There is nothing in American history that says that's a violation of the Constitution. The Constitution is silent. Silent. Then he says the judge, adding that because it has likely furthered the crimes of obstruction of an official proceeding and conspiracy to defraud the United States, it should be disclosed. An official conspiracy to fraud the United States. Shocking. On every level, this is shocking. This guy shouldn't have passed the LSAT, let alone be a federal judge, in my humble opinion. The judge has stepped out of his robe. He has stepped out of his courthouse. He has stepped out of line. If Judge Carter would like to debate this issue with me, and he won't, you're welcome on any time. Any time. Period. Now this committee is going to vote to hold two men close to President Trump in contempt. 
because they won't turn over information to the committee, even though they have nothing to do with anything. And so this is what's going on, Judge Carter. More when I return. Mark Lovin. Folks, I'm here to talk to you about something very serious. Have you felt something changing in our country? That too many people no longer identify themselves as Americans first, but instead group themselves by race, class, or sex? That we're losing the common idea of justice, the melting pot that unites us. I'm talking about citizenship, folks. And if we lose the idea of citizenship, then we don't have a country. But there's something you can do. Get educated and then teach others. And my friends at Hillsdale College can show you the way. Hillsdale's new free course on American citizenship will help you learn about what's happening and why. The course is taught by our friend, Dr. Victor Davis Hansen, who will equip you to help restore our country. You can sign up for free at levinforhillsdale.com. You'll learn about topics like the history of citizenship, the deep state, and even the Great Reset. Please sign up today to take Hillsdale's free course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. There's now a, uh, in addition to that outrageous ruling with the January 6th committee, you can see the January 6th committee is behind much of this. They're using their power to subpoena information and then leak information. The Republicans are part of the cabal on that committee, so nobody is there actually representing the targets, who I will call the victims. They have issued hundreds of subpoenas against scores of people who have absolutely nothing to do with the violence in that building. And we have a gulag of sorts in Washington, D.C., where dozens of your fellow Americans presently sit who didn't commit any acts of violence. One man is facing several years in prison. He was waved into the building. One man committed suicide because he was told that despite being led on by prosecutors in Washington, they were going to throw the book at him. He'd been in the building seven or eight minutes give or take he was waved in by the police he stuck he stuck behind the uh the velvet lines he didn't break anything he didn't assault anybody it was too much for him to take and he murdered himself he killed himself no sympathy whatsoever now the target yet again that thomas says i want to address this when i return Folks, I'm here to talk to you about something very serious. Have you felt something changing in our country? That too many people no longer identify themselves as Americans first, but instead group themselves by race, class, or sex? That we're losing the common idea of justice, the melting pot, that unites us. I'm talking about citizenship, folks. And if we lose the idea of citizenship, then we don't have a country. But there's something you can do. Get educated and then teach others. And my friends at Hillsdale College can show you the way. Hillsdale's new free course on American citizenship will help you learn about what's happening and why. The course is taught by our friend, Dr. Victor Davis Hansen, who will equip you to help restore our country. You can sign up for free at levinforhillsdale.com. You'll learn about topics like the history of citizenship, the deep state, and even the Great Reset. 
Please sign up today to take Hillsdale's free course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Mark Levin, simply the smartest man on radio. And you can call him 877-381-3811. The media operate in a pack or gang mentality. They're like piranha or jackals. And they smell blood. And they are they are opportunists. They are exploiters. And they are of the radical left. They are of the radical left. They've always wanted to silence Ginny Thomas because Ginny Thomas is a conservative activist. Now, keep in mind, we have radical left-wing activists dressed up as judges, like Judge Carter, like more than half of the judges in Washington, D.C., like Sotomayor and Kagan and Breyer and more and more Roberts, quite frankly. But that's okay. If you're wearing a robe and you push the country or pull the country in a particular direction... That's fine. And of course, they used to talk about the independence of women, the women's movement. Now they won't define women. But they hate conservative women. They hate conservative blacks. They hate conservative Hispanics. They hate conservative Jews. They hate conservative Asians. They hate conservative gay people and on and on and on they hate them they despise them because they go against the narrative that they seek to project onto this society these are totalitarians that's what they are CNN Jamie Gangell wasn't she with ABC she's bounced around Zachary Cohen, January 6th committee will seek interview with Ginny Thomas, sources say. So now we're going to have an incredibly unprecedented situation. Unparalleled in American history, where a committee of Congress, a completely rogue committee that is doing the dirty work of the Democrat Party and the Speaker of the House, without any real Republican participation, is going to question a Supreme Court justice's wife under oath unless she pleads the Fifth Amendment. The House Select Committee investigating January 6th will seek an interview with conservative activist Virginia Ginny Thomas, wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, according to multiple sources familiar with the investigation. So they leak to the media. It is a despicable, vile operation. Most members of the House Select Committee investigating January 6th, including Chair Bernie Thompson and Vice Chair Liz Cheney, believe the panel should interview her, CNN reported early Monday. Yeah, because we all know Ginny Thomas was very violent that day. Oh, yeah. She broke into the Capitol building. She attacked police officers. Oh, she didn't? Oh, well, well we know she organized the, the events. Oh, she didn't? Well, we know she left... 
pipe bombs at the RNC, but she didn't. Well, we know she undermined the security of the building, but she didn't. So what the hell are they talking to her for? You and I both know why. We have got to crush the Democrat Party. We have got to crush Liz Cheney in the primary. When are we having her opponent on here, Mr. Producer? Tomorrow. We're going to help her win. Enough is enough. These people are vile. Vile. The committee has had ongoing discussions about Ginny Thomas. And CNN reported last week that it has in its possession 20 text messages. Leaks! They subpoena information and they leak it to the left. That show her pleading with then White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows to continue the fight to overturn the 2020 presidential election results. First of all, so what if she pleaded with him to continue the fight? Secondly, the election results had not been confirmed. This is the point. They weren't reversing the election. The election's not over until the electors are counted by a joint session of Congress, which is why Democrats have historically objected to the counting of electors. And maybe they should have been rounded up as corruptly interfering with an official proceeding. Right, Judge Clark? Moron. Now listen to this. You know, this is a joke. This makes, quote-unquote, McCarthyism look like a joke. Thomas, a conservative activist, recently revealed that she attended the pro-Trump rally that preceded the U.S. Capitol attack on January 6th, but says she played no role in planning the events of that day. Hundreds of thousands of people attended and played no role in the events of that day. But now... You're treated if you're a January 6th or you get the scarlet letter 1 slash 6 on your forehead. A source with knowledge of the committee's investigation, that means members of Congress there, told CNN Thomas is one of many people the committee has been looking at and that the committee has been moving aggressively on many fronts, conducting depositions, sometimes multiple depositions almost every day. They're in a big hurry, you see, before the midterms. They want to put out the report. They want to destroy the Republicans. They want to destroy Trump. The source added that while the committee understands the public interest in Thomas following the revelation of her text messages with Meadows, there are many other relevant witnesses. Nobody's interested except the Democrat Party and the left. But they're going to hold more innocent people in contempt <coughs> who refuse to comply with this Salem witch trial. Unbelievable. But the constipated news network is not alone, of course. We have Bloomberg. Ginny Thomas's pro-Trump text put husband's court role in focus. Oh! You see, ladies and gentlemen, because Ginny Thomas has her independent views, apparently unlike any of the other women married to men on the court, and any of the other men married to women on the court. I think there's only one other. But anyway, you get the point. Clarence needs to recuse himself, you see. 
Justice Clarence Thomas is faking, facing calls to recuse himself from U.S. Supreme Court. Cases involving the 2020 presidential election after revelations that his wife repeatedly pushed former President Donald Trump's chief of staff to do more to overturn his loss to Joe Biden. Well, what does that have to do with his rulings on 2020? You have to actually show that he has some kind of bias. Some kind of active role that would disqualify him. But they don't have any of that. Now, if this is the new test, we need to know about all the wives who are married to the male members of the court, and we need to know about the one husband. I assume Sotomayor is married. I'm just going to guess. Kagan, I believe, is single. So we need to know if they've made any donations, if they have ever supported somebody else. We need to know. And they need to be questioned under oath and under penalty of perjury. But here they go. Thomas already participated in the Supreme Court's decision this year to let some of Trump's papers be turned over to a congressional panel investigating the January 6, 2021 Capitol attack. It's not a congressional panel. It is a rogue Stalinist committee appointed by Eva Pelosi. Thomas was the lone dissenter from that order, giving no explanation. And then they turned to Stephen Gillers, New York University Law School, complete ass, if you ask me. I think it's a big problem. Justice Thomas should have recused himself from any case that concern in any that hereafter concerns the validity of the election, the work on the January 6th commission, or the capital invasion. Well, Stephen Giller says it. It must be true. The Washington Post, I told you. I told you. Piranha. Reported Thursday to Ginny Thomas, a political activist. Again, she's a political activist, but not one dressed up as a judge, which is a uh, cancer throughout our judiciary. Was in close contact with Trump chief of staff, blah, blah, blah. Wow. Wow, she needs to be punished, I think. Here's the Washington Compost. Ethics experts see Ginny Thomas's text as a problem for the court. Robert Barnes and N. E. Maramal. Who are they? Nobody knows. A couple of schmucks. And it goes on and on. It's a very long article. The same Washington Post that couldn't cover the Holocaust. They're all over Ginny Thomas here, you know. The same Washington Post that covered up Hunter Biden. Nobody ever said whatever Hunter Biden does or did disqualified Joe Biden from anything. Did they? No. Of course not. Democrats on Capitol Hill said they were outraged by the messages and Justice Thomas's participation in some of the election-related cases that reached the high court, none of which were decided in Trump's favor. One of the strongest reactions came from Ron Wyden. Ron Wyden is a freak of fraud and a phony. Guy's like 17 feet tall. It's a real dork. 
Justice Thomas's conduct on the Supreme Court looks increasingly corrupt. I'm waiting for them to call for impeachment. You see, they're trying to destroy Clarence Thomas by trying to destroy Ginny Thomas. This committee is a wrecking ball committee. That's its job. That's its real direction. Wouldn't you love to have the text messages between committee members and committee staff, between committee members and the media, between committee members and Eva Pelosi? Wouldn't you love to have those communications? Wow, I wonder what that would show. These phony politicians, all in horror. Oh, I can't believe this is going on. Trading stock while pushing legislation or blocking legislation. Cheating on their wives or their birthing partners. Sleaze balls galore. Sleaze balls galore up there on Capitol Hill. Destroying our country from within, whether it's the cops or the military, the border or our, our finances. But Ginny Thomas, she's a problem. She needs to be deposed. And, and Clarence Thomas needs to recuse himself. This is all crap. This is all manufactured crap, ladies and gentlemen. Stand up to it. Speak out against it. It's the same damn media that covered up for Hunter Biden. The same damn media that came up with a a phony whistleblower. The same damn media that pushed Russia collusion for year after year after year. The same damn media that applauds when SWAT SWAT teams break into the homes of innocent human beings. The same damn media... Well, it's the same damn media. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Folks, I'm here to talk to you about something very serious. Have you felt something changing in our country? That too many people no longer identify themselves as Americans first, but instead group themselves by race, class, or sex? That we're losing the common idea of justice, the melting pot that unites us. I'm talking about citizenship, folks. And if we lose the idea of citizenship, then we don't have a country. But there's something you can do. Get educated and then teach others. And my friends at Hillsdale College can show you the way. Hillsdale's new free course on American citizenship will help you learn about what's happening and why. The course is taught by our friend, Dr. Victor Davis Hansen, who will equip you to help restore our country. You can sign up for free at levinforhillsdale.com. You'll learn about topics like the history of citizenship, the deep state, and even the Great Reset. Please sign up today to take Hillsdale's free course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Look here, Mr. Producer. Today's Washington Compost. Early in the morning. Hugely long piece. My God, it goes column after column. Inside Ted Cruz's last-ditch battle to keep Trump in power. So now it's time to trash Cruz. See, they've done DeSantis. They've done Trump. They've done Thomas. we gotta, we got to do Cruz. Anything on Hunter Biden? No, no, no. Please, focus. Texas Senator's effort alienated some allies and sparked questions about ties to John Eastman a longtime friend and author of key legal memos in Trump's efforts. 
Senator Ted Cruz was dining near the Capitol on the evening of December 8, 2020, it starts, writes Michael Cranish, if that is his name, when he received an urgent call from President Trump, a lawsuit had just been filed at the Supreme Court designed to overturn the election Trump had lost, and the president wanted help from the Texas Republican. Would you be willing to argue the case, Trump asked Cruz, as the senator later recalled it. Sure, I'd be happy to if the court granted a hearing, Cruz said he responded. The call was just one step in a collaboration. Collaboration. That for two months turned the once bitter political enemies into close allies in the effort to keep Trump in the White House based on the president's false claims about a stolen election. No, that's not what happened based on a stolen election. We all read what took place. Senator Cruz was a clerk at the Supreme Court, and Senator Cruz is a litigator, particularly at the appellate level, including at the Supreme Court, prior to becoming a senator. The case that Ted Cruz was prepared to argue was the constitutional case coming out of Pennsylvania. The issue there being the Constitution of the United States in which only the state legislators acting together in a state legislature can change the election laws through which electors are chosen. That was the case. Not about overturning a stolen election, upholding the United States Constitution. And it goes on and on and on. The amount of propaganda and lies disinformation, misinformation. That's why, as a group, the American media are the modern Russia Pravda, or task if you prefer. They are liars. They're ideologues. They are activists. They are not journalists. Quite the opposite. We'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. I'll get to Will Smith. He's not at the top of my list, but what a piece of crap he is. All right, I'll have to do this now. Shouldn't have brought it up yet. You know, there was a time... There was a time... when the Academy Awards and the Golden Globes and so forth were class acts. The people were class acts. It doesn't mean they weren't sleazy in their private life. Most of them were. Many of them were anyway. But those days are long gone, which is why their ratings stink. I don't know that what Chris Rock said deserved to be whacked in the face. 
But if you're upset about it, if you're really upset about it, after the Academy Awards, in this case he won the Best Actor Award, for a movie I never watched. In fact, I don't watch any of them. Nonetheless, what you do is at that press event, you say something. That there was way out of line, what he did to my wife was so forth and so on, and more people would draw attention to it. Now, what should have happened to Will Smith there? Well, let me ask you folks a question. What if this were a 7-Eleven? What if this were some other event, a soccer game? And what if the people weren't famous? Will Smith would have been arrested on the spot. They have a lot of security at this event, don't they, Mr. Producer? A ton. Anybody who watched this saw it. Saw what took place. You don't need interpreters. He got mad. He went on the stage. And he hit Chris Rock. I'm not a special pleader for either of these guys. I don't care about them. That's not my point. He didn't just slap Chris Rock. I mean, that was was a bell. And by the way, Chris Rock was pretty tough there, didn't you think, Mr. Producer? He wasn't knocked off his feet. And he's the one who was able to keep his composure and speak and so forth. He's the one. That was a cheap shot to go up there. Chris Rock didn't expect to get whacked like that. I don't want any calls on this, Richie. None. Everybody knows Chris Rock's humor. But isn't it also funny that these down-for-the-revolution actors and actresses, no problem trashing Middle America, no problem trashing the cops, no problem trashing Donald Trump and his wife and his family or whomever it is. But man, are they thin-skinned. That was a cheap shot that he threw at Chris Rock, and Chris Rock had to make a split-second decision on how to react, and he reacted, frankly, like a gentleman. Whether you liked his joke or not. Wasn't that horrific? Did you think, Rich? It wasn't awful. I mean, you can see in the video, Will Smith's initially laughing. Then he sees his wife is angry. Then he's Mr. Tough Guy. What would have happened if it were Melania and Donald Trump went on the stage and slapped this guy? What do you think would happen? But that said, this is assault and battery. It's not even a close call. You don't walk up to that stage. It doesn't belong to you and do something like that. Plus, they have this weird marriage anyway, this open marriage. Have you heard that one? I didn't know anything about this. Apparently, they don't hide it. I think that slap was real. I don't think it was staged. I don't think it was staged at all. If I'm wrong, who cares anyway? That's all I'm going to say about it, because I just don't care. But people keep asking me, so there we go. You know, people are getting slaughtered in Ukraine. Our legal system is being destroyed from the wrong side as lawyers. Judges are making outrageous statements. 
They're going after a Supreme Court justice. And I'm supposed to sit here and worry about this. I'm not worried about it in the least. But Will Smith is a real... To do that, you're a real lowlife, boy. I'll tell you, you'll go up there and hit somebody that's not ready for you on national TV. I mean, just... But I didn't watch it. Wasn't my Sunday show on at the same time, Mr. Producer? Yes, it is. Life, Liberty, and Levin. 8 p.m. on Sundays, Eastern Time. No F-words. No fisticuffs. None of it. Now, the 25th Amendment does, in fact, apply in this case to Joe Biden. That's why it was drafted and approved in the first place. If a president has a physical or mental problem that makes it impossible to to effectively do his or her job. Joe Biden is incapable of being an effective president. He walks things back. His staff walks things back. Then he doesn't walk things back. He says things that are just outrageous. He's making decisions that affect all of your lives, whether it's economic, whether it's the border, whether it's our economy, that is our uh, uh, inflation, drilling, things that affect the lives even of people overseas. Look what he did in Afghanistan and so forth. Look, look who he has negotiating for us with the Iranians. Putin. Joe Biden is not capable of being a president. The media know it, and yet they pushed him because they hated Trump. His wife knows it, yet she pushed it because she wanted to be in the White House. The Democrats know it, but power at all costs, they don't care. And this is the truth. With a man in the Oval Office who is unfit. They might say, well, that leaves Kamala Harris. It does what it does, ladies and gentlemen. We'll deal with that next. But this is why the 25th Amendment exists. Not to use it against Trump, but to use it against somebody like Biden. It's not going to happen, however. The vice president and the cabinet are not going to turn on Trump. Excuse me, on Biden. And it takes both houses to vote. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It should happen, but it's not going to happen. Because the Democrat Party doesn't care if Joe Biden is an orange juice can. They don't care if he's in a vegetative state. They don't care. That's why. Now let's listen to Biden in Poland on Saturday. I'm sure most of you have heard this, but maybe not all, because some of you actually work for a living. You don't have time to watch TV and listen to radio during the day. Cut one, go. A dictator bent on rebuilding an empire will never erase the people's love for liberty. Brutality will never grind down their will to be free. Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia. For free people refused to live in a world of hopelessness and darkness. We will have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principle, hope and light, of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, 
This man cannot remain power. Now, I'm one of the few who actually agrees with that line. He's threatening us with nuclear weapons. Why should he remain in power? Why do people come to his defense? But Biden didn't mean to say that. Remember when Lindsey Graham said it? Remember when I said it early on? This guy needs to go. He's leaving a church in Poland today, is Biden. Cut to go. Mr. President, do you want Putin removed? Mr. President, were you calling for regime change? No. Okay, now, so what were you calling for when you said, for God's sakes, this man cannot remain in power? Were you calling for regime change? No. Now, of course, that's incoherent. Which is it? Well, Kelly O'Donnell, NBC News, wants to know. Cut three, go. Do you believe what you said, that Putin can't remain in power? Or do you now regret saying that because your government has been trying to walk that back? Did your words complicate matters? Well, yes, three different questions. I'll answer them all. Number one, I'm not walking anything back. The fact of the matter is I was expressing the more outrage I felt toward the way Putin is dealing and the actions of this man. Okay, that's not what he was doing. The moral outrage, this man... Can I remain in power? He didn't qualify that when he said it. He didn't say, that's just my moral outrage. You know, we're not going to do anything about it. Nobody should or anything like that. So they came up with that incoherent line. That's just my moral outrage, you know. Go ahead. Brutality of half the children in Ukraine. I just come from being with those families. And, uh, and so, uh, but I want to make it clear, I wasn't then, nor am I now, articulating a policy change. I was expressing the moral outrage that I feel, and I make no apologies for it. Personal feelings, sir. Personal, Your personal feelings? My, my personal feelings. Secondly, you asked me about, uh, well, what was the second does part? Does it complicate the diplomacy of this moment? No, I don't think it does. You know, uh, the, uh, uh, the fact ah, is... shut up, you meandering buffoon with your gibberish and everything else cut four go i still want to get back to your original words that he cannot remain in power can you help us understand you have more foreign policy experience than any president who's ever held this office whether those are your personal feelings no he doesn't no he doesn't he was in the senate for 36 years that doesn't give him foreign policy experience don't don't pat him on the head he only gets worse Go ahead. President, do you understand why people would believe you as someone commanding one of the largest nuclear arsenals in the world, saying someone cannot remain in power is a statement of U.S. policy? And also, are you concerned about propaganda use of those remarks by the Russians? No and no. Tell me why. You have so much experience. You are the leader of this country. Because it's ridiculous. Nobody believes we're going to take down. I was, going to, I was talking about taking down Putin. Nobody believes that. Number one, number Look two. Look how much has to be done to deal with this guy. It's not that he doesn't watch his words. It's that he rambles and he says whatever in that pea brain of his. He's always had a pea brain. He's always been a moron. Even on his best days, they were bad days for most people. You see what I'm saying? Well, Peter Ducey takes a whack at it. The deuce. Cut five, go. 
I know you're going to ask a really nice question. Well, it's, it's an important question, no, I think. You. Are you worried that other leaders in the world are going to start to doubt that America is back if some of these big things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back? What's getting walked back? It made it sound like, just in the last couple days, uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon, and it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia, and we know... None of the three occurred. None of the three occurred? None of the three. Mr. President? You, you, you interpret the language that way. I was talking to the troops. We are talking None about... of the three occurred? None of the three occurred. See, all of you, it's you who don't see in here. You're the problem. You're the ones with the mental incapacity. Not Biden. None of those things occurred, don't you see? Go ahead. We trained the troops in that are the, the Ukrainian troops that are in Poland. That's what the context. I sat there with those guys for a couple hours. That's what we talked about. So when you said you're going to see when you're there, you were not intending. To I was referring US. to with meeting with and talking with the uh, Ukrainian troops who were in Poland. And when you said a chemical weapon use by Russia would trigger a response in kind. It will trigger a significant response. What does that mean? I'm not going to tell you. Why would I tell you? You've got to be silly. The world wants to know? The world wants to know a lot of things. I'm not telling them what the response would be. I actually agree with Biden on that, too, that piece. You don't put it out. But still, he makes no sense. He's incoherent. Because he did tell them that we will respond in kind. And what the deuce is saying is, what does that mean? We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. Said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does, and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Now on this theme, the lying, corrupt, perverse media, Joe Scarborough on MSNBC today. Watch how he spins us. He's such a... Such a jackass. Cut six, go. Maybe, just maybe, I know this radical, even for some Trumpists in the United States, maybe the truth matters for once. Maybe the truth matters finally. And thank God we finally have a president who's followed four presidents, or, or three presidents, who have caved to Vladimir Putin. Thank God we finally have a president who is standing up to him. Is this a joke? Is Comedy Central now the morning schmo show, Mr. Producer? He caved to Putin 
all the way up to the time he invaded Ukraine. He would not give the Ukrainians the weapons they need, including harpoon missiles that would have saved Maripol, their port city, and the slaughter of thousands. He even held back on the stingers until it was late. He won't, he won't allow the MiGs to go in there, which is what the president of Ukraine keeps begging for. So the point is, the only way the Ukrainians win is really not just our help, the help of others, and because of their grit. But the cost is enormous. And Scarborough says he's a leader. The reason he has no ratings or credibility, Scarborough, that entire disgusting carbon footprint of a network, MSNBC, is because the vast majority of Americans disagree with him because the vast majority of Americans are good people. Good people. A huge majority of Americans think we should be doing more to help Ukraine. Joe Scarborough thinks this is fantastic. A huge majority of Americans believe Joe Biden is really unfit to be in the Oval Office. They don't trust him with the economy or foreign affairs. Joe Biden says, finally, we have a great president. Joe Biden is uniting the American people against him. Putin has united the American people against Putin. Borders are wide open. Joe Scarborough doesn't matter. It doesn't affect him in Jupiter, Florida. In their estate. It doesn't affect him. Or the missus. None of this affects him or the missus. Two elitists. Not elite. Elitists. Two frauds, two phonies. I'll be right back. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. Said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Plastic conservative fire. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Ali Vichy. I don't know who the hell that guy is. Who is he, Mr. Producer? On the weekends over there at MSLSD? Ali Velshi, I guess his name is, not Vichy. Velshi. Oh, excuse me. On MSLSD yesterday... You know, these Ukrainians, they're all white, you know, they're all Christians. That's why people are welcoming them into the United States. Because as everybody knows, those are the only kind of people we welcome into the United States. Not people of color, 
not Muslims, not Buddhists from China. No, no, no. Just white Christians, says Ali Velshi. Cut eight, go. Why do you think, I mean, I, why, why, why have we, I think I, I know the answer to this, but why have we not been good at this? We, we were not good with the Afghans. We were not good with the Syrians. Uh, we're, we're doing better with the uh, Ukrainians. And a lot of people do sort of seem to think, and they deserve all the help we can give them, but a lot of people do seem to think it's because they're white and Christians and the other ones aren't. Yeah, you figured it out. You figured it out. They're not white and they're not Christians. That's why our country's flooded with people from the Middle East, from Asia, from the continent of Africa. That's why we're flooded with people like that. Because we obviously have a race and religion requirement, don't we, Mr. Producer? What kind of a schmuck is this? What kind of a jerk is this? On the one hand, they celebrate the census. Look at this. The majority of white people is going down. By 2044, we'll be in a majority. I mean, really racist crap like that. Then he says, well, we know why they're welcoming these people with open arms. Let me help Ali Velshi, who obviously hates his own country. Ali, I'll tell you why. Because these people are desperate. Because these people are being slaughtered. That's why. They're coming in legally. That's why. Unbelievable. We're the most open country to immigration, legal immigration. Forget about all the illegal immigration. And this jerk, this schmuck, this MSNBC really is the worst. I'm going to say it. It's even worse than the constipated news network. It's the worst. This, they, they said, let's set up a network that hates America. Let's have Joy Reid, and what's the other ones? Like Tiffany, uh, whatever her name, what is it? Tiffany Cross, we'll bring Sharpton in. Who else can we bring in? Uh, who's the guy? Uh, Lawrence O'Donnell. Of course, Joe Scarborough hates his country. He pretends he doesn't, but he makes a lot of money off hating his country. Yes, you do, Joe, you jerk. And... Uh, not just him. There's a whole conga line of American-hating freaks, frauds, and phonies over there at MSLSD. The executive director of the Anti-Corruption Action Center and Ukraine activist on MSNBC today. I don't think she agrees with Joe Scarborough, does she, Mr. Producer? Cut nine, go. I mean that president gave a speech, he used a very strong language. It would be good to use this strong language if it was backed up uh, with strong action. And strong action which Ukraine backs, requires, asks the United States is to provide us with weapons. First of all, air defense systems, they have not been delivered. Then we need uh, fighting jets, we need fighting drones, we need tanks. All this weapon was promised but was not delivered. And all other countries who are NATO members, they are looking at what the U.S. is doing, not what the U.S. is saying, but what the U.S. is doing. And they know that the U.S. is not keen to send weapons to Ukraine for us to win this war. And they are all, all are being afraid, and they understand that, you know, they might be blamed by the U.S. for 
being um, too proactive, especially countries like Poland or Slovakia or Slovenia, who are close to the border with Ukraine. They understand they might be next, and uh, they're a little bit horrified as well, because the war can come to their territories. And I feel, I'm, I'm in Warsaw now, I feel that people here are not very much convinced in Article 5. Article 5 is the triggering mechanism for NATO to respond militarily. She may well be right. Now, something happened on MSLSD today, despite the freaks, frauds, and phonies and their hate for America. Somebody by the name of Steve Karnaki, Steve Karnaki, a so-called reporter, is very concerned about what he's seeing, but Joe Biden is uniting us, but uniting us in a way that is that is upsetting to the likes of Scarborough, considers Joe a real leader. Cut 10, go. So what is driving it? Well, a couple things here. First of all, you've got the war in Russia and Ukraine. There's a lot of unity in the poll when you ask folks about their attitude towards Ukraine, their attitude towards Russia, their attitude towards Putin. But when it comes to Biden's handling of the situation, you can see here he's underwater. 41 approve, 52 disapprove. And then Joe. 41 approved, 52 disapproved, because he's weak. Because he's following the other countries. Even in terms of cutting off Russian oil, quote-unquote. He asked his Democrat party in Congress that was going to do it with the Republicans to wait because he felt he needed to do it with an executive order. So it didn't look like he was following. But, Joe, he was following. Go ahead. It is the economy. Look at this. Biden's handling of the economy now almost two to one disapprove in this poll. Thirty three sixty three. Again, compare this to our previous poll in January. Back then he was closer to 40 percent. Now he's closer to 30 percent. And long term, since the start of his presidency, 2021, this number, the approval of Joe Biden on, on the economy has just ticked down and down and down. This is a new low for him on the economy. Thirty three sixty three. Ask voters sort of an open-ended question here. What do you think the most important issue facing the country is? And there you can see the top two now, cost of living, jobs in the economy. Russia-Ukraine war obviously capturing everybody's attention right now, but it's the cost of living, it's jobs, the economy. Those are the two answers you get from Americans. And I thought this was interesting. When you pose the question this way, as we did in this poll to voters, you say, hey, both of these things are very important. Controlling inflation and improving the economy, Hmm. ending the Russia-Ukraine war. Let's stipulate they're both important. Which, though, do you voters think should be Joe Biden's top priority? Again, you can see here it goes 68-29 when it comes to dealing with the economy. So we show how that is dragging down Joe Biden's approval rating. It also seems to be rubbing off on his party midterm election year. All right, that's enough. This guy's breathless. That said, he's right. He's right. But, you know, the fact of the matter is Joe Biden is uniting us against Joe Biden. And Chuck Todd is very upset about this. Over at Meet the Depressed, the sister station or network with MSLSD, both owned by Comcast, I might add. And Chuck Todd, you can tell what kind of a fraud he is by the guests he keeps bringing. He brings on Yamichi Alcinder, who is a complete hack, a complete phony. But the question goes on and on and on. Watch this. Cut 11, go.
Well, it's funny, and Yamish, I'm going to put up our generic ballot test here. And, you're, and the public's going to look at it. You'll see 46-44, Republicans up by two. Oh, that's not. That, that, that's a coin flip. This is the first time we've had Republicans leading in the generic ballot in our polls since September of 2014, <laughs> eight years ago. There's always a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a Democratic average because there's more Democrats are more packed in some districts here. This is a huge red flag. It's a huge red flag, and it is coupled with the idea that people are blaming President Biden's policies for inflation. Oh, don't do that. It's Putin. No. Just because we had transitory inflation, and then it was temporary inflation, and now it's just inflation. And now, according to Powell, the head of the Federal Reserve, this is very serious and long-lasting, this inflation. Well then, I guess it's inflation. And the Democrats actually want to spend more money. And guess who's supporting them, America? Another trillion or so. Guess who supports them? I'll tell you when we come back. Mark Lovin. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. Said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does, and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. The reason Ukrainian refugees are welcome into America is because they're white and Christian. First of all, they're not all Christian. But so what? People who are white and Christian are allowed in America? Is that the bulk of the immigrants who come into this country legally and illegally? No. The bulk of immigrants who come into this country are not white, and many of them are not Christian. So People who think this way and they're given platforms, to me, they're racist. It's purely simple. I don't even think about it. It didn't even enter my mind. White Christian, black this, brown that. I mean, it, it doesn't even enter my mind. You come in legally, you come in legally. But this is at the forefront of the minds, the mindset of the American Marxist. Because they truly do hate this country. They truly do hate it. I wake up every day and I love this country. I think, thank the good Lord. Thank the good Lord that I was born here. I wouldn't want to be born anywhere else on the face of the earth. I mean, seriously, folks. So what is it with these other people? Why are they the enemies of the country? Why are they trying to destroy it from within? 
because most of them are spoiled bastards. Fat and happy. Not all. Most of them have never suffered a day in their life. Oh, they'll try and come up with reasons they have. You know, Biden pulls this every now and then. Kamala Harris pulls it now and then. Like Cory Booker tries. Not bad, bad move, Cory. Or Jackson nominated the Supreme Court. Her parents were educators and so I, I could go down the list. Now, there are those who are revolutionary, of course, who've had it very, very tough. But I'm talking about the people who are truly benefiting from this society and the culture and just keep trashing it. And just keep trashing it. It's sick. You look at this guy Scarborough and his missus. May I say missus? I don't even know what to say anymore. This guy will do anything for a nickel. He'll stand on his head. He'll wear a, uh, a, a red bows of the clown nose. Whatever it is. It's just shocking. And then comes Al Sharpton. How does Al Sharpton have a TV show? Cut 12, go. Very clear that they're going to uh, use all kinds of dog whistles and, and probably just straight out racially charged whistles. Uh, when you try and... Racially uh, charged uh, whistles, dog whistles. Look who's talking, this guy. Mr. Bigot, Mr. Anti-Semite. He wants us to forget. I don't forget. It's amazing how he supported Biden. Biden early in his career was a segregationist and a racist. Sharpton was a racist too, but not so much a segregationist. Unless it was the Jews, of course. Go ahead. Supreme Court nominee about critical race theory. When you try to criminalize her by saying she's Nobody soft. tried to criminalize her, you moron. Not allowed to talk about critical race theory. It's being taught to our kids, so we're not allowed to talk about it? Only teachers and professors and multimillionaire authors are allowed to talk about it? Only corporate boardrooms and with their stupid memos, only they're allowed to talk about critical race theory. But if you criticize it, obviously it's a dog whistle. Excuse me. It's a flat-out racist whistle. Go ahead. Which is always a stereotype they put on blacks that we're either criminals or that we are somehow a, a company criminals. Or we're what the hell are you rambling on about it? What a fool. People are putting it on blacks that they're criminals or you're accompanying a criminal? Her record is she's weak on crime. Her record is she's weak on, weak on child porn perverts. Not allowed to discuss that. That's her record. And by the way, that affects black people too, brown people too, red people too, orange people, green people, all people. Nobody wants perverts roaming the streets. I mean, the guy, the guy is such an idiot. He stereotypes his own race. He's such a fool. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. 
So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. All right. To update you and move quickly, Will Smith apologizes to Chris Rock. Maybe he listens to the show, Mr. Producer. Here's what he posted. Violence in all of its forms is poisonous and destructive. My behavior at last night's Academy Awards was unacceptable and inexcusable. Jokes at my expense are part of the job, but a joke about Jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear, and I reacted emotionally. I would like to publicly apologize to you, Chris. I was out of line, and I was wrong. I'm embarrassed, and my actions were not indicative of the man I want to be. There's no place for violence in a world of love and kindness. Okay. Here we are. The world of love and kindness. Roman Abramovich. Ever hear Roman Abramovich? He's a Russian oligarch. And the Wall Street Journal is reporting Roman Abramovich and Ukrainian peace negotiators have suffered suspected poisoning, Mr. Producer. Russian oligarch Roman Abramovich and Ukraine peace negotiators suffered symptoms of suspected poisoning after a meeting in Kiev earlier this month. People familiar with the matter said, ooh, do tell. Following the meeting in Ukrainian capital, Mr. Abramovich, who has shuttled between Moscow, Lviv, and other negotiating venues, as well as at least two senior members of the Ukrainian team, developed symptoms that included red eyes, constant and painful tearing, and peeling skin on their faces and hands, the people said. Vlad, you've been playing in the chemistry set again, Vlad? I'll bet you won't hear most of this from the Putin wing today, or haven't, today, this afternoon, or tonight. Right, Mr. Producer? The victims blamed the suspected attack on hardliners in Moscow, who they said wanted to sabotage talks to end the war. person close to Mr. Abramovich said it wasn't clear who had targeted the group. Let me help you. His initials begin with Vladimir Putin. Mr. Bramovich and Ukrainian negotiators, who include Crimean Tatar lawmaker Rustam Yumerov, have since improved and their lives aren't in danger, the people said. 
Ukraine's president, Vladimir Zelensky, who has met with Mr. Abramovich, wasn't affected, they said. Well, we know Zelensky wasn't doing it. It's amazing how much censorship is going on about this Putin. It really is. Westerners who looked into the incident said it was hard to determine whether the symptoms were caused by a chemical or biological agent or by some sort of electromagnetic radiation attack, the people familiar with the matter said. The Kremlin didn't immediately respond to a request for a comment after the suspected poisoning. The investigation was organized by Christo Grozev, an investigator with the Bellingcat Open Source Collective, who concluded that a Kremlin team poisoned Russian opposition politician Alexei Navalny. Where is he? Oh, he's in prison for another nine years with a nerve agent in 2020. Mr. Grozev said that he saw the images of the effects of the attack on Mr. Abramowicz and Ukrainian negotiators, but that a timely sample collection couldn't be arranged in the western Ukrainian city of Lviv, to which they were traveling because these people were in a hurry to travel to Istanbul. That's where they're negotiating, in Turkey. By that time, a German forensic team with the required know-how was able to perform an examination. Too much time had passed for the suspected poison to be detected, he said. It was not intended to kill. It was just a warning, Mr. Grozev said. 2018, Britain blamed Russia's intelligence services for a nerve gas attack on Sergei Skripal, a former Russian military officer who defected to the UK, and his daughter, Yulia. Both survived, as did a British police officer hospitalized after contact with the poison. A British woman later died after accidentally coming into contact with the nerve agent. The Kremlin has denied any involvement. Now, Abramovich, who has long-standing links to Putin, became involved in attempts to end the war in Ukraine shortly after Moscow launched the invasion on February 24. His efforts are sometimes in conjunction with the sometimes and sometimes parallel to a separate official negotiating track between Ukrainian and Russian representatives, they said. The Kiev meeting, where the suspected poisoning took place, involved Mr. Abramovich, who is one of Russia's wealthiest men and members of the official Ukrainian negotiating team. Now, Zelensky had asked Biden not to impose sanctions on Abramovich, who owns a minority stake in the steel company Evzrazadeva and has Portuguese citizenship because he's involved in the negotiations. That was on. Well, Putin just needs space. They just need space. Busy poisoning people again, but it's more than that, Mr. and Mrs. America. Washington Compost. Putin's purge of traitors scoops up pensioners, foodies, and peaceniks. By Robin Dixon and Mary Lushina. And they're in Latvia reporting. There was a message to all Russians in the first cases under Russian President Putin's hunt for what he calls scum and traitors. That message is that no one is too small to escape notice. What do, what, what, what do you mean? Authorities arrested an interior ministry technician for talking privately on the phone. They also nabbed people holding blank placards implying opposition to the war. Were they parading? Were they trespassing, Mr. Producer? 
A woman wearing a hat in Ukraine's yellow and blue colors and a Siberian carpenter in Tomsk named Stanislav who was holding a poster of an 1871 artwork called The Apothesis of War. Popular food blogger was among the first three to face charges under Russia's law against fake war news. I wonder if he knows our Silicon big tech oligarchs. After her Instagram feed went from truffles and rose to posts about Ukraine refugee children, she's outside Russia. The speed of Russia's transformation to Soviet-style self-purification, which, of course, he learned some of this, again, from big tech in the Silicon Valley and the Democrat Party, has been astonishing. When Russia invaded Ukraine last month, state TV went wall-to-wall propaganda, blaming Ukrainian neo-Nazis and nationalists. Now, shadowy pro-Putin figures are dubbing the words traitor to the motherland on the doors of peace activists and others. Pile of animal excrement was left outside the door of St. Petersburg's activist Daria, whatever, on Friday. A severed pig's head and an anti-Semitic slogan were left Thursday at the door of Alexei Venditikov, editor-in-chief of the now-disbanded liberal radio station Echo of Moscow. Remember when word went out, the talk show host, they better be quiet about this election, Mr. Producer? What are you doing, eating a steak sandwich? Where are you? The station was forced to close earlier this month by state-owned Kazprom, which controlled its board. Websites with names have sprung up encouraging Russians to denounce traitors, enemies, cowards, and fugitives who, who are against the January, I mean, who oppose the war. Wow. One of the first three people charged under Russia's tough wartime censorship law was Marina Novikia, a 63-year-old pensioner with 170 Telegram followers. A day after the invasion, she fixed her gaze on a camera and a lock of red hair flopped over one eye. Those who want to think and can think will be able to get out of darkness, she said from the closed Russian nuclear city of Seversk. In what she called a shock psychotherapy session she said russians all approve the war in ukraine this is our silent total agreement others have headed for the borders actors celebrities business execs singers dancers writers it workers independent journalists are among those who have left russia convert goes on (coughs) well what happened to paradise Looks like Putin is arresting people by the thousands. He's imprisoning them on trumped-up charges. He wants uniformity and conformity. He wants a media like the Democrats in our country, both in and out of the media, are demanding, right? Fake news on the virus. Can't have that stuff posted. Turns out much of it was accurate. Russia collusion. Turns out all of that was a lie. Planted by Hillary, the Democrats, the media, the FBI, and intelligence agencies. There's way too much similarity. Look at this rogue Stalinist January 6th committee. Look at what these judges are doing to this, these people. Look at what this judge David Carter did today and said today. It's a lot of overlap if you ask me. And I'm not happy about it in the least. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Facebook, Twitter, they're banning everybody. They're suspending everybody. So get the hell off there, right, Mr. Bitter? Well, you're on there. Somebody told me you, Rich, and Richie, have quite a little following you've built up. Is that true? How many followers do you have? Yeah, that's pretty good. We used to have millions, didn't we? All right, let's move on. We're not going to forget what's going on in Ukraine. Not any day, not any way. You need to know what's taking place in this country, too. The debt is $31 trillion. Mankind's never seen anything like this. And now the Democrats, they have a new version of Build Back Better, which, of course, they've done such a swell job so far. And they want to spend a new fortune. And Manchin's all in. Manchin's all in. Manchin is a fraud. He's actually quite a dumb guy. Quite a dumb guy. And he's a fraud, so he'll give a little of this side, a little of that side, but he's giving to that side because he's, he's a dumb guy. He's certainly not representing the interests of the people in West Virginia. I mean, after all, he votes for Chuck Schumer, West Virginia, to be the majority leader. What do you folks in West Virginia have in common with a radical leftist from New York? Nothing. Zero. In fact, you vote more as much Republican as they vote Democrat. So Manchin also wants a $1 trillion tax increase. This is a man who campaigned against any tax increase. And they have an idea. They want an extra 20% tax on billionaires. And many of you out there are saying, good, they can afford it. The government shouldn't be taking it. But do you understand what kind of economic dislocation this will create? We already have economic dislocation because these, these morons, these bubbleheads, have done what they've already done. We shouldn't keep feeding the monster in Washington, D.C., Billionaires. Everybody's not sitting on billions of dollars with nothing to do. A lot of this is money that is invested in industries, manufacturing, products, and research and development. And what is the government going to do with that money? May I say, piss it away, redistribute wealth, fund left-wing groups. What did they do with the trillions they already spent? $400 billion in waste, fraud, and abuse? Where is it? Doesn't matter. We'll just get some more. You can't run a business that way or you're going to go under. Or you may go to prison. And so Manchin's all in. He wants more spending and more government. And then you have Amy Klobuchar. Remember her? Her staff loves her the way Kamala Harris's staff loves her. What's with these people? While she's pushing an antitrust bill, oh, that sounds cool, that will cost the American economy almost $320 billion, the reporting at Just the News. So that will cost the economy. We've destroyed our uh, energy independence. The borders are wide open. The budget has been busted, and they want to bust it more. We need a 20% additional tax on billionaires from income of all kinds. By the way, even if the income isn't realized, so if you have a paper... A paper income? 
I'll give it to you in your own in your own case. Let's say you have a, a pension and it's invested in whatever it's a mutual fund. Doesn't matter. Let's say it's not even that much. So stocks go up and down, bonds go up and down. I don't even understand bonds, but you know they go up and down, right? So at the end of the year, if they've gone up, you pay a tax on it. Wait a minute. I haven't realized that gain. I haven't done anything. That's what they call a paper gain. It can go down in seven. Doesn't matter. Now, if it goes down, too bad. If it goes up, they're going to tax you on it. If you're a billionaire. This came back. Remember they were going to do this to people who earn over $400,000 a year. Pelosi put an end to that because her big stupid husband. You know, for the family, they'd get whacked. A new 20% tax on 700 so-called super-rich Americans. So a guy like Elon Musk would pay $24 billion a year, even on unrealized gains from the stock value. So he's going to have to shut his business. He's going to have to close down his business. They hate Elon Musk because he's really the brains behind the electric vehicles. But he's non-union. He moved out of California. Because they're nuts. The government there is nuts. Everybody's moving out of California. For the first time ever, they've had a population loss. And by the way, on that point, Manhattan has lost 7% of its population. Did you read this, Mr. Producer? 6.9%. What? You'd get the hell out of New York if you could too, wouldn't you? You'd love to get out of there. People want to get out of New Jersey, but you know, you have your homes, you have stuff there, you have families. It's tough to do, but a lot of people are doing it. And you know, in the end, it's going to hurt Republicans because that means less Republicans in these states, less chance to win in these states, and these states for the Electoral College purposes will go Democrat. Everyone's in Florida or Tennessee or Texas and so But that said, I get it. Because I left Virginia. I spend a little less than half a year in Virginia now, and I spend more than half a year in Florida. And I love it down there. You love it. You love living in freedom. You really do. He's a hell of a governor, this DeSantis. I've never seen such a great governor. Low taxes, low regulations. He says the right things. He's a fighter. Oh, by the way, those idiots at the Academy Awards say, we're going to have a gay, 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 gay night. Who cares, you idiots? You don't even understand what the law is in Florida. The law is intended to protect little babies. You can have all the gay, 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 gay time you want in Hollywood. We're talking about five-year-olds and six-year-olds. You don't need to teach them about sex, straight, gay, or any other kind of sex. Keep your ideology off our children. That's what the law is. But at the Academy Awards, they don't agree with you. Why do you watch their movies? I don't even watch their movies. Why do you watch their TV shows? I don't watch their TV shows. They're all a bunch of schmucks. I'll be right back. Levin, tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. 
man, you know, Trump has so exposed these people, hasn't he? It's just incredible. That's why they hate his guts, of course. But that's why so many of us really do appreciate him. And I want you to know, if there are any other Republican nominated to run, I'm not saying there will, I'm not saying there won't. They're going to get the same treatment. Look at Ginny Thomas and Clarence Thomas. Ted Cruz today whacked. They're always going after DeSantis. They'll do it with all of them. This is what we're up against. And the media, the Democrat Party, and the Biden family, as well as the entrenched administrative state, the bureaucracy, installed Biden. Call it whatever you want. He was their nominee, and they got him in there. And that's a fact. There's not a serious, radical media platform in America, or so-called mainstream media, that has taken a look at any of the progress in investigations in Arizona, in Wisconsin, in Georgia, just to name three. None of them have spent time on Zuckerberg and his $417 million. Obviously, Zuckerberg got what he paid for. It's almost half a billion dollars, one guy. The media will do a very close examination of Ginny Thomas, but not George Soros. Not Paul Pelosi. Not the Schumer kids, both of whom work for big tech. No, can't do that. Because they're the worst. We have, we have among the worst media, not just in the free world, but period. Period. Uh, Cory Booker, yesterday on CNN, he's attacking Clarence Thomas. This is what I mean. Clarence Thomas's background of coming out of abject poverty, being raised by his grandparents, it's a far more difficult background than anything Judge Jackson faced. And there he is, slobbering all over Judge Jackson, that she makes him proud the first time a woman, whatever that means, black woman. When it comes to Clarence Thomas, he's a hater. He's a hater. And there's Chuck Todd, the predictable and predictably partisan and stupid Chuck Todd. That's why nobody watches that stupid show. Meet the depressed. Cut 15, go. There's a lot of calls that say that Justice Thomas needs to recuse himself. A lot of calls. It's your phony profession in the media and all your fellow Democrats. Why don't you recuse yourself from being a reporter, so-called Chuck, since your wife is a very aggressive partisan Democrat hack? Do you announce that to your audience ever, Chuck? I can call you Chuck, right? I feel like I know you now. It's either Chuck or Schmuck, or worse. Go ahead. When former President Bill Clinton uh, uh, met uh, then-Attorney General Loretta Lynch on a tarmac, we had, at the time, the Justice Department was looking in at something Hillary Clinton. There were outrage. Whoa, 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 whoa. See, this is why stupid's not a good thing on TV. The question there was whether the Attorney General herself, whether the Attorney General herself, had been personally lobbied about a case involving the president's wife. 
What does that have to do with Jeannie Thomas's political activities and contacting the chief of staff to the president? That is, what does that have to do with Clarence Thomas? Nothing. See, you can be really, really stupid in high school and college and yet have a big show on NBC. Go ahead. And the attorney general recused herself. Uh, is this a similar situation? Should Justice Thomas follow the Loretta now, And he's asking Booker. I mean, come on, Chuck. This is why you're a schmuck. This is why I call you schmuck Todd. Hey, uh, should uh, Justice have followed the Loretta Lynch precedent? Should he follow the Loretta Lynch precedent? What? It, Loretta Lynch was lobbied by Clinton. Justice Thomas wasn't lobbied by anybody about anything. Go ahead. President. I, I mean, let's go to the Kay Hagan precedent. She got onto the there court. There is no Kay uh, Hagan, you moron. It's Elena Hagan. It's, it's Elena Kagan. Let's go to the Kay Hagan precedent. He means Elena Kagan. And what is that precedent? Go ahead. I think it was 2010 to 2011. Uh, out of 70-some cases, she recused herself over time. By the way, look how they're all ready. He's figured out the number of cases. So in other words, the whole thing is a, is a play. The whole thing is a, is a scripted play. All right, Corey, I'm going to ask you about this. Okay, Chuck. Are you prepared? Yes, my staff has uh, pulled the, the information for me. Go ahead. Because, uh, not necessarily because she was conflicted, but because she understood that even the appearance of impropriety would delegitimize the court. There is no appearance of impropriety. Clarence Thomas didn't do anything. Zero. Zero. Kay Hagan, Kay Hagan, on the other hand, was involved in the cases. Right? Mr. Purdue, Kay Hagan was involved in the cases. Bory uh, Snooker, I'm talking to you about Kay Hagan. Don't worry, he's a Rhodes Scholar. So, um, what, what did Clarence, Clarence Thomas hasn't done anything. Uh, yes, but we have the, uh, the Kay Hagan precedent. Yes, 70-some cases, she recused herself over 20 times. Because of the appearance of uh, conflict, you know. She understood even the appearance of impropriety. We delegitimized the court. Uh, and so... Uh, and what did Clarence Thomas do? Exactly nothing. But that's okay, uh, you know. The K. Hagan precedent. For now on, it's the K. Hagan precedent, Mr. Producer. Go ahead. Court needs that legitimacy. Uh... Ah, shut up, you idiot. How come you didn't slobber all over Clarence Thomas? Because you disagree with him. You're a fraud. You're a fraud. It's really unbelievable. Then we have Amy Klobuchar, who treats her staff like dirt. But everybody forgets that now. I never forget. Never. Except when I don't remember. Anyway, what does she have to say? Cut six to, you know, ABC's This Week brings on a Democrat Klobuchar. Meet the Depressed brings on a Democrat Cory Booker. Oh, sure, sure. MSLSD has uh, Al Sharpton. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just a conga line of Democrat hacks. Go ahead. 
Jonathan, the facts are clear here. This is unbelievable. You have the wife of a sitting Supreme Court justice advocating for an insurrection. Advocating- All right, moron. She didn't advocate for an insurrection. Why are you lying? Well, you all lie. What do you mean, why? She didn't advocate for an insurrection. She wanted the, the challenge of the electors, which has been done multiple times in American history. No, 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 no. She advocated for an insurrection for the overthrow of our country. She advocated. How dare she? Russia collusion? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Go ahead. Overturning a legal election to the sitting okay, president. Okay, genius, genius. Is that you? Amy, may I call you Amy? Why are there so many stupid people in power? We're surrounded by... The election wasn't officiated. See, you see, under our Constitution... Amy, may I, may I say this to you? Under our Constitution, you see, Amy, that's not the way it works. You actually have to have Congress vote on accepting the electors. So you're not overturning an election. You're following a constitutional process, as my tax professor always says. Process. We say process, he says process. You say tomato, tomato. All right, go ahead. Chief of staff. And she also knows this election, these cases, are going to come before her husband. This so is what? A- so what? What kind of a marriage does uh, Klobuchar have? Does she support legislation that her husband, assuming she's married, supports? Has Klobuchar raised questions about Eva Pelosi and her big dumb husband, Paul, who seems to make an awful lot of money, often, on decisions that the Speaker makes about what legislation is coming to the floor and is going to be voted on? What are you saying about that? Amy, may I call you Amy? Go ahead. Textbook case for removing him, recusing him, from these decisions. No, there's no textbook case. There's no textbook. You're just a typical fraud and phony. By the way, can we have your tax returns, Amy? You know, everybody's tax returns are fair. Can we have your tax returns, Amy? I'll be right back. Mark in. Finally, we have a court that does something right. Louisiana Supreme Court, this is American news, rules Black Lives Matter organizer can be sued by people injured during riot. On Friday, Louisiana Supreme Court handed out a ruling in which a Baton Rouge police officer will be allowed to proceed with a lawsuit against BLM organizer DeRay McKesson. This is very important. This is very important. The officer remains anonymous at the time of this writing, was apparently injured when he was hit with, a, with objects by violent protesters while in the process of making an arrest during a riot in 2016. Local news reported that the officer identified in a lawsuit as John Doe inst- instead of his name, claims he was seriously wounded after demonstrators began to loot a Circle K for water bottles and that the demonstration was part of a larger demonstration in the aftermath of the police killing of Alton Sterling. 
You know, this is in Chapter 7 of my book, American Marxism. People are now having to buy it underground and read it underground. The rioters then started to throw the water bottles at officers who were arresting their friends, according to the lawsuit. Events escalated from simple water bottles quickly. When the defendants ran out of water, they were throwing other stuff. Lawsuit further alleges that the plaintiff was knocked to the ground, lost some of his teeth, suffered injuries to the jaw and brain as a result of the incident. I wonder what Judge David Carter, all the way out there in central California, thinks about that. David, what do you think about that? You, you apparently give your opinion on all kinds of matters that are not before you, on facts that have never been presented in a trial, or even gone through by a grand jury. You're a new kind of judge, I guess. Actually, you're an old kind of judge. A bad one. And I would ask the California Bar Association to take a look at his opinion, unless they're corrupt too. To take a look at his opinion, where he's opining on a former president and saying it's likely he committed a criminal act. I mean, that is outrageous. Outrageous. And I'm sure all the civil libertarians out there agree with me. I'm sure the American Criminal Liberties Union, the American Civil Liberties Union, I'm sure they'll speak out against this. I'm sure Schmuck Todd, Corey Schnooker, uh, I'm sure the whole bunch will be speaking out about how outrageous this is for a judge to conduct himself that way. Maybe Chuck Todd, oops, I almost said a bad word. Maybe Chuck Todd should recuse himself with anything having to do with the news. Remember, his wife is a Democrat activist. But then again, the entire media would have to recuse itself. Because there's all this sort of interplay, this social circle. May I say, circle snurks. May I say that, Mr. Producer? Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel. We haven't forgot our trucker buddies and certainly our freedom fighter brothers and sisters in Ukraine. God bless all of you. God bless you in this audience. I'll see you tomorrow. Be well. 